Welcome to The Tattooed Mind, a podcast where we explore the intersection of mental health, self-care, and the art of tattooing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories, insights, and inspiration from artists who have struggled and overcome obstacles in their life and career. My name is Mike Fisher Dubois, and in this episode, I'm joined by Matt Looney as he discusses his path in tattooing, how he went down a road of partying and drug use, and ultimately found recovery. Stories like this are very close to me. I know that drug and alcohol use can be a, a very difficult thing to find yourself out of. By listening to Matt's story, maybe we can all have a sense of hope and know that we're not alone in our struggles. Here's Matt. My name is Matt Looney. I am a tattoo artist in Florence, Alabama. Um, I'm the owner of Black Pearl Studio. I've been tattooing this coming up October will be my 12 year mark in tattooing. Before tattooing, I was, you know, into the, the graffiti art, you know, running around painting on shit that doesn't belong to me. That's actually how I ended up meeting the guys in the shop that I got an apprenticeship from was through, you know, graffiti. I went in and I painted a mural in the shop was back in 2000, I don't know, 10 or 11, somewhere around there. So when I first started taking my apprenticeship, I had just turned 21 or I was about to turn 21 and dude, I was a fucking monster all through high school. And like, you know, especially at that time, that was like, Right in the prime of like no kids, no responsibility. You know what I mean? I'm of age to go in here and show my ass now. Like I tattoo, so I got money, you know, to blow on this. So let's do it. You know, I had a, one of a good friend of mine, he doesn't tattoo, but, uh, that was like my partner in crime, you know, and we would, uh, I would leave the shop, go pick him up. You know, we'd ride around, smoke a blunt or whatever, and then head to the bar by the time. I got to my, let's see, I don't know. I guess like my fourth year, third or fourth year into tattooing, it was getting to the point to where that was just like the regular. It was like the fucking seventies over here, dude. Like everybody that I hung out with, you know, dude, it just, it just seemed so easy because everyone else was doing it. So in my head, I was like justifying it by saying, okay. I need to be social and be at these places, you know, be at the bar and at these parties too, because I don't work at fucking Walgreens. I'm a tattoo artist. I need people to see me and talk to me. So, you know, push came to a shove and that became, that's how it started becoming just a regular routine. I didn't think anything about it, you know, and you know, I was, it didn't matter if I hadn't been to sleep at all, dude, before I go into the shop. I'm getting my shit together and I'm going to work my ass off and like give that tattoo my all. But that's how I've always been, you know? Um, well, I say that <laughs> I stayed like that for a long time. Once it started really affecting work, that was, that was at the point where I had already opened my shop, but it was fresh. Um, I freshly opened my shop and. You know, every penny that I had to my name was into my business. So I was just overwhelmed and started like 
kind of stressing out, like thinking, damn, maybe I bit off a bigger chunk than I can chew by doing this financially. But I guess just like my personality and how like lazy minded I was at the time, um, I just went and got fucked up about it, you know? And cause as soon as I would get to the bar, dude, I would like start having a couple of drinks and then I would just start seeing people I know. And you know how that goes, you know, at that point it's on. And then I'm not thinking about damn, I got to pay this bill and this bill and this bill tomorrow. And I'm out of supplies. Like I got to call this other person I know and see if they'll let me borrow some stencil paper. Like, dude, I was tripping. Like it was, it was awful. So I guess the more comfortable I got with it, the more I was, cause I've never been like real big on alcohol. I mean, I, alcohol wasn't like, uh, like, damn, I need alcohol. Alcohol was like that door that opened to, uh, to everything else that I would do. You know, I would skip the alcohol and, you know, go get a bag and end up, you know, as soon as I would get to like my last tattoo of the day, you know, towards like the last 30 minutes of the tattoo, I'm like starting to rush through the tattoo because I know that I got the bag. Like, dude just came by the shop, dropped it off in the bathroom. You know what I mean? Like, I'm ready to get done with this so I can go. That was when I started noticing that this is, like, you need to be careful because this isn't your character. And, uh, but I guess I thought that I just had it under control. Uh, but, you know, as time goes on, you really don't have anything under control, you know, when it comes to that. If you're doing it at work, you know, but... Um, and you know, I, I had a rule with myself, like I would never do it before a tattoo. Cause I tried that one time and dude, I fucking, my hands were shaking so bad, but I wasn't like, uh, let's do a little bump. Like if, if the bag's there, like, Hey, let's knock this shit out. You know what I mean? Like I was way more overly about it than I guess your common, you know, partier, but I would like try to justify it by and this was like closer towards the end like right before i started to get or before i was like okay i'm i'm done doing this um i'd say for like the last like four months that i was using um dude i would justify it in my head and be like okay i'm going to skip the bar i'm gonna go straight to dude's house i'm gonna get a bag uh, when I get home, I'm going to work on this painting. I'm going to do this bag and I'm going to work on this painting all fucking night long. Like, and I do oil paintings as well. So, uh, I have like two or three projects going on at one time. So I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm just going to sit in here and bust ass. But instead, what would really happen is I would go get a bag and I would come home and sit in my office at my house and I would like listen to music on my phone and do blood. And as soon as it was gone, I'd call dude back and go back. And dude, I would go back like three times. And finally, the last time, it's like 4.30 in the morning. He's like, hey, this is the last time like I'm going to sleep. So I'd buy like two or three grams. Like I'd double, triple up just because I know he's not going to answer his phone. And next thing you know, dude, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I got a tattoo appointment at 12. I haven't been to sleep. I spent like $500 on blow and like, I got nothing accomplished, you know, and that was like a pretty common routine for me. You know, it was fucking terrible. I would wake up and like 
go dry heave in the toilet. Dude, I had to chug whiskey and bottles of NyQuil. Like, I'm, I don't know how I didn't die doing that, but I used to buy, like, stock up and buy, like, six bottles of NyQuil at once just so I could keep it, like, in my refrigerator so I could chug one to go to sleep. Like, it, it got to a point to where it was just, like, dangerous, you know? But uh, I was just being stupid about it. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I finally decided, uh, you know, I was, I was going out and uh, there's a, the fair came to town here. And they had this, uh, and dude, our town is like this little small town. Like when the fair comes, it's like those fucking methed out looking carnies that like, you don't know about getting on the ride because you see the people who assembled it, you know? So it's like this kind of place, but they had this, uh, it was a freestyle motocross and like BMX, uh, stunt thing going on this year for the fair. Well, so I went to a, the bar that I, you know, typically would hang out at and I ended up running into these guys that, you know, did the motocross and, you know, the BMX stuff. Well, uh, sat there, got to talking with them. We ended up drinking. Um, I told them, Hey, I'll in this tattoo shop, like the bar's about to close. Let's just go continue to party over here at the shop. And, uh, so I went over there. A couple of my friends were with me as well, but it was probably like 10 of us total. And uh, I got in there and I tattooed this guy. He's got a, uh, he wanted a motorcycle wheel, like a dirt bike wheel with like, uh, I don't remember some like his kid's name or some shit around it. I don't know. But so I drew it up for him and he's like, no, I want the wheel to look all fucked up. So I was like, all right. So I drew it as if like, you know, someone was sitting in their kitchen about to do a tattoo would do this dirt bike. It looked like fucking shit. It was horrible. I didn't even take a picture of it, but, uh, so I do this tattoo, uh, every, we continue to party. Everyone ended up leaving about seven or eight in the morning. Um, I had an appointment at one o'clock that day. Well, so I went home and like forced myself to sleep for like 30 minutes, came back to the shop. And when I was sitting outside waiting on my appointment, I looked down at my bank account because the, uh, this, the city truck that like does the utility shit pulled around back and this motherfucker was there to turn my lights off and dude i'd spent all my money on me you know partying the night before so i didn't know what i was gonna do but uh but at that point dude with the you know the overwhelming stress and like not to mention like being hungover and like you can't fucking breathe i was just like okay dude this seriously this time i have to stop because dude i would tell myself every the day after, I'd be like, okay, I have to stop doing this. Like, this is starting to fuck with me at work. Like, dude, I stopped painting. I stopped drawing. Uh, there was a lot of times where, you know, people would hit me up, like close friends of mine that would want cool tattoos. Like, I'm super big horror fan. So anything dark art, like, I don't know if you've seen like Brandon Herrera stuff, but dude, his shit is so sick. Like I'm, I'm in love with that type of stuff, you know, anything dark like that. But, uh, you know, it, it would just get to, um, you know, they would hit me up and be like, can you, uh, you want to work on this tattoo or you want to do an after hour session? Cause I used to do after hour sessions all the time for like my friends, you know, and it got to a point where I'm like, dude, I don't give a shit about doing, you know, a horror character portrait. Like I'd rather sit at my house and get fucked up, you know, like that's. 
but you know, you don't realize you're doing that until, you know, shit gets really wrong. And thankfully in my case, I guess I realized what was happening before it got too bad, but dude, I was well on my way. Like I was like $8,000 behind on bills just from disregarding shit. And thankfully, like, I don't know how, but everyone who I pay bills to, uh, shout out to them for, you know what I mean? Cause like they fucking let me slide and, uh, I wouldn't have let anybody slide doing what I was doing. But, um, so I guess I got lucky to be honest, but man, it was just, it was just that time to, uh, to chill out with all that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. You know, I, I think back on my life and how much luck has played a, such a role in the fact that I'm not like homeless living under a bridge, you know, cause, cause like shit like that. Um, I, I've never been kicked out of a house or an apartment, you know, I've, I've never had my car repossessed. Somehow I just slid through shit, you know, and, and a lot of that was cause of fucking COVID, um, you know, this like suspended all the bills, uh, so they didn't take shit and I took full fucking advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. COVID was a safety net for, for people who were abusing at that time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so we're basically at the end of your story. Let's just real quick and then we'll get into kind of some back and forth stuff. Um, happened when you like got sober. You know, you told us what led you right up to that moment where at that day. Um, yeah, like, dude. Did you get sick when you were getting sober? How did it like quickly yeah. just like affect your business and your friendships? So like when I decided at that moment, I can't remember if it was you or it was some other tattooer that I'm friends with on social media, but they posted a uh, an app that they have that they downloaded and it's like a sober tracker. Do you use one of those? Okay, so I saw somebody had posted. I couldn't remember who it was, but I was like, that's a good idea. I'm going to get one of those. And dude, I guess it was just like, I was watching those days. You have to like make a pledge once a day. You know, it's called I Am Sober is the app that I got. And uh, watching those days build up and the little like words of motivation. Dude, I would literally like cry some days. Like I would wake up at like eight o'clock in the morning and I'd make that pledge. And whenever it would send me the motivation, dude, I would like cry like a fucking baby. I don't know, dude. It just makes you emotional whenever you realize like how much harm you've done and like the hole that you have to climb out of. But man, it was, it was like, I didn't want to see those numbers restart. It was almost like a game to me, like a challenge. So I just stuck with it. But dude, the app, 10 out of 10 would recommend doing that. Like if anyone's thinking about you know, trying to go that route, definitely try that app out for sure. The hardest part was being social because, dude, I had zero withdrawals from alcohol and coke. Like it was weird. No, well, no, I had I dealt with some depression and a bit of anxiety, but nothing too major to where I felt like I needed like external help with this. The hardest part was like when I get home, it's just I'm single, so it's just my dog and I here at the house. So every night when I get home, I'm just like in this quiet house, like, fuck, dude, all right, I'm going to go to the bar, you know, and be social. But getting past that and like forcing myself to paint, painting and that app helped me get sober for sure. 
But uh, since then, dude, I was caught back up, like got completely out of my debt within the first like month or two of just stopping alcohol and coke. I still, you know, smoked weed, just the California sober, I guess. Getting getting caught up on the bills after pushing through a month or two, that was a lot of enough for me to see like, okay, things are going too good to to even have a beer now. You know, what else can I do? And, you know, since then I've I've gotten a car that I wanted. You know, I've started, you know, I got planned this summer to go and do new shit to my tattoo shop. So it's like I have all this extra money you know, from not being a dumbass to where now my bill, but dude, I'm telling you with having your bills caught up and, you know, looking at that number on your sober tracker. So it's like, you see your progression, how long it's been that alone for me, what is a lot of motivation that's like, okay, man, like you're doing for once in your life, I feel, you know, like you're, you're on the right track. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And it fucking feels great. You know what I mean? Like now, whenever I have, I wake up and I have an appointment, even if it's a client that's like kind of hard to deal with, I'm like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm going to go in here and I'm fixing to do this infinity knot better than I've ever done one. You know, like, I don't know. I just get hype about doing art now because I feel better. I'm, I'm not stressed out by, you know, shit for me neglecting my responsibilities because of party. That is the sort of shit I just love to fucking hear out of guys. Um, yeah, I, I was full on there and feeling the exact same way. Like we, um, my wife and I, we got to go to Hawaii when I got sober for our like second wedding anniversary. Uh, our, our first wedding anniversary, we did like a honeymoon thing and I don't remember any of it. I, I was drunk the whole time. I fucked it off. Um, and ruined the experience for her. I, I don't even have the experience for myself. But I, uh, I quit drinking shortly after that, like about a month after. And yeah, uh, by that time, a year later, it wasn't even a full year later, actually, because uh, we went in October. Um, yeah, I had saved up enough money. We went uh, to Hawaii. I spent cash on the trip. Didn't have to put any of it on credit cards. I had paid off all our bills that we were behind on. Um, like that alone was such an awesome feeling. And and like you said, to get to make that up to her, you know, because we caused so much damage when we're lost in that shit. Um, right. You know, it, drinking and drugging, it's so selfish. All we're thinking about is what do we want? What can we do? Exactly. When you get out of that, you start thinking about the people you love and the people you hurt, you know, you can do a yeah, lot man. of awesome shit for them. Oh yeah. You can't dude. Like I said, I have two kids and you know, I remember one day my son told me he was, he's seven now. He was probably six, five or six when he said this, but it crushed me. But he told me he was like, uh, I just want to stay at mom's today because, uh, you're always tired. You never want to do anything. But it's because I had been up all night long. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it honestly, it pissed me off. Like I wanted to throw my head through the fucking wall, but that was one thing that I, I made sure to, to, to take care of. And, you know, my son and I now, like, you know, we go and we do shit, man. Like 
we got dirt bikes, four wheelers, we're loading up, we're going to go, you know, he's, he's playing baseball now. So I'm that dad out there screaming on the baseball field. You know what I mean? Like, but it's tight though, man. It's, it's a cool life that, uh, that's always been available. I just chose to, to take a longer route to get to it, you know? So. And, and I think that that's possibly like the best way to look at this. You know, like this was always available, but you fucking got there, you know? So I, I feel like so often people pull themselves out of their holes and they try to blame themselves and they think that they really screwed shit up so bad. It can't be fixed. Yeah. Dude, there were so many times where I was freaking out. Just like, there's no way to see any kind of light at the end of this tunnel. Like I'm so far behind, like it can't be done. You know, I need. I'm going to have to like shut my shop down and go work for someone else or like, you know, stop tattooing altogether. I do that. There was some crazy shit going on in my head, but now that, you know, things are the way they are, it's, it's almost kind of humorous to me a bit, you know, like I was going to shut my shop down for what, you know what I mean? Like I worked my dick off to get this place. Like there's no way, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's definitely, uh, once, if you can rough through, you know, the first month or two of breaking that routine, then at that point it was, it was still moments where it was kind of tough, you know, but, uh, if you can get through that first month or two, at least in my situation, um, that, that was really the mark for me of like, okay, it's been long enough now. I don't really have these urges anymore you know, to do any of this stuff. But like I said, dude, things are going too good now. You know, my, within my art, my shop, uh, my personal life, you know, everything got, it's like you, you give it nitrous your life. You know what I mean? It's awesome. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, I, I think it's great that you were doing this though. Cause I've, when you said you were going to do it, I was like, damn, dude, that's a great idea because if I would have had you know, a, just a podcast to listen to. Like if I would have known that just that was a thing back when I was feeling in those moments, like, you know, I don't think that there's anything, there's no way I can climb out of this hole by myself. Like I just can't do it. But like hearing other people that has done it, you know, it, it's possible. You just gotta not be a dumbass. <laughs> it's easier said than done though. It is easier said than done. <laughs> But what you said about putting it nitrous on your life, I can attest to that. Like it really is like such an amazing thing when shit just seems to work all the time. Like I spent years thinking, you know, the universe must fucking hate me. Like going through everything, tired and cranky and only paying attention, you know, half the time. It doesn't actually work out well in the end, you know? So, yeah, it, it really is like putting nitrous on your life. And then the other thing um, was, was about having people, like other people going through this. And I think that's totally like a problem for tattooers. Like people in general stuck in, you know, drug and alcohol habits. Uh, because like we all sort of, create like this wall around our own lives it can be really tough to see that there are in fact other people right there 
who are going through the same shit. It is. Like, who do the same shit you do for a living, you know? Because, I, you know, I've talked to other people who struggle with it. And, you know, they may work, you know, doing construction or uh, they're welders or whatever, you know. And it's hard to relate because their routine is different than yours. And they're also guaranteed getting a paycheck, getting paid by the hour. You know, as a tattooer, you got to really hustle, dude. Like, you can't... I saw... uh I like this thing that uh, Will Howard said on Facebook the other day. He was like, can't half-step this shit. You got to be all in. And that's the that's the key to tattooing that, you know, you can't just work a, a part-time job and then tattoo. You got to really do this shit. And by being fucked up all the time, dude, it makes it hard to, like, mentally stay attached to it. Because you can't, you know, eventually you're going to get to a point to where you're not doing anything like I was, dude. I had this one painting that sat in my, uh, sat on my easel since 2019. And I just finished it like a month ago. It's ridiculous. You just, I just shut down, bro. Like it was fucking terrible. Another question then, do you think you would come? That like that urge to get clients and to kind of be out there and seeing people was part of what like had you going to the bars all the time, uh, even though you originally weren't much of a drinker. So like, do you think there's almost baked into tattooing because we do have to be so social? Like this, almost like in risk of falling into this trap. Yeah, yeah, I do because you know. I'm not sure about, you know, you said you're in Chicago, right? I, I don't know about Chicago. You know, that's a way, way bigger city than where I'm at. So, you know, I'm willing to bet. I started tattooing in a town with 15,000 people, though. So I, I know what you're talking about a little bit. Right. Yeah. You know, and here, if you jump in the car and go to the gas station, you see six people you know. You know, so it's like, that's just what everyone... Well, no, I shouldn't say everyone because now that I'm, you know, sober, there's not the people that I hang out with don't do that type of shit. You know what I mean? They're, they're into, it's like a whole different animal that you're dealing with. Uh, and it's a, it's a better, it's a way, a way more less stressful animal to deal with for sure. I know that feeling of everyone's drinking like you are telling yourself it's normal like when i would go to the bar i would always see the same people it, mm -hmm. it wasn't until i got sober that i realized those same people i saw i would see at the bar maybe once a week but i was mm -hmm. at the bar every day of the week yeah yeah same people coming for their once a week time at the bar even though i was there six or seven days so it's like right. to me seemed like they were all always there because it was the same groups, but they weren't actually interacting with each other. Like a lot of these people didn't know each other. Right. I just thought they all did. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that And you know, man, I went, it was on Halloween, this past Halloween. Uh, one of my best friends that's, you know, he's helped me out so much through all this, just as far as like the pet talks. And, you know, that's my fucking guy right there. But he, he went with me. We went downtown on Halloween night, and I had been clean for about a, a little over a month, I guess, or right out a month, whatever it was. 
But when I would see the people there at the bar that I would cling to whenever I did go all the time, it was like I get the worst secondhand embarrassment, like watching them talk and the way they act. And it's just like, uh, there's nothing against these people. But at the same time, I'm looking at them like, I have nothing in common with you guys anymore. And on top of that, like, I would never uh, hang out with you people either. This is just like who, you know, we were just partying together. It just seemed like, it seemed like we were friends, you know, but dude, since I've been sober, you know, several of them have reached out and, you know, do have my best intentions in mind. Uh, and, you know, it's awesome. Not everyone you meet that's in that lifestyle are out to get you or, you know, not your friend and shitty people. Like it's, it could just very well be someone else, you know, that doesn't realize it just like you didn't realize it, you know? So it's, uh, the, the best thing I can do is just be there for these folks, you know? You know, cause this is an easy thing to forget. Um, cause you know, as people who have these problems, we so often just like think of ourselves and when we get clean, then it's so easy to kind of other these people who we were partying with. But no, they're, they're not all bad folks. No. Because I mean, we were doing the same fucking thing, and we're not bad people. Yeah. And dude, I'm, I've realized that I'm 32 years old, and a lot of these people that I was hanging out with at the bars are like in their early 20s. You know what I mean? So it's like, Y'all are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing right now. Uh, I just took a little bit longer to to grow up, basically. And it's cool being able to get like this better on yourself and on the way you're acting. Right. Another thing, like sometimes you get moving so fast, you don't even take those times to just stop and actually think about yourself. Do you right. do any like meditation or self-reflection time? Do you journal, um, use your art as like a way to kind of express yourself and think about what's going on in your own head now? Uh, I use art to kind of, uh, keep me busy. Um, I mean, obviously that love and passion is there for it, but it's, it's really more or less my tool to keep me busy. But, uh, as far as meditation goes and like, you know, how I choose to mentally take care of things. Cause I still got, uh, don't get me wrong, dude. Like I still got a lot of shit that's going on in my life, you know, but, uh, I guess the, the best thing that, that I do is a work, uh, Wednesday through Saturday and, you know, I'm appointment only. So whenever, if I get done with an appointment early one day, like, you know, at like four 30, Instead of trying to book something else, I've started not overworking myself. And dude, I'll come home and my dog and I, like I've been, I made a fire pit the other day in my backyard and bought a fucking hammock. Like, and I bought a weed eater. Okay, this is, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm a completely different person now, but you know, doing, doing shit like that makes me feel good. Cause I know that it's, it's going to, it's not going to the drugs and alcohol anymore, you know? I'm actually benefiting from it. Like 100%. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't care for the guy too much, but Jordan Peterson, he talks a lot about like clean your room. Um, th that it's a step to having a successful life is clean your room. 
shit like that uh, weed eater, you know, making your fire pit. It's the same thing. You know, you take care of your space and you're going to feel better about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's super cool that you're doing that, you know? Yeah. You just got to find shit to do. That was, that was one of the main things that I struggled with at first with getting clean was finding stuff to do, man. Because, you know, I was in this state of mind where I was just lazy. Like all I wanted to do was sit on the couch and think about how much I fucked my life up and how much in the hole I am. But dude, as soon as I would, dude, I got up my fucking golf clubs and was like hitting golf balls and shit, like doing weird shit around the house, you know, and, but it works, man. Like you just got to do something to keep yourself busy. Go wash your car, go for a walk or something, you know, so you get to fill in that urge, go do something, make yourself. No. And that's super important too. that make yourself, you know, like, cause even still, you know, I'm a couple years into this and it can be super easy for me to just watch TV for an entire day. You know, it's really easy. That's my instinct. Even without drinks or drugs, I still just want to sit on the couch all day if I let myself. Yeah, I don't even turn my TV on at my house until I'm about to go to bed. Like, I I cannot sit there and play video games. I cannot watch TV. I have to either play guitar or do art or, you know, do something outside. Like, I I have to do something. I can't just sit there. So, how do your kids feel seeing their dad of... Uh, just finally being himself. So my two-year-old, he can't talk yet, but that dude, like I, I really notice it in him. My seven-year-old, he's kind of at that age where he's just kind of like, you know, doing his own thing at this point, you know, uh, our relationship is awesome between, you know, myself and my oldest for sure. But my youngest son, He's, uh, I guess I just notice it more because I'm, you know, more well-rested. Um, you know, I know like, okay, tomorrow morning I'm, I'm picking him up at 7 a.m. And at 7 a.m. when I get him, like, dude, we go and get breakfast and shoot down to the park. You know what I mean? And it's, I, I feel like he's enjoying his time with me a lot more now because I'm actually doing shit with him. I'm not just turning on the TV and then laying down on the couch, you know? So it has to be an awesome feeling to just get to be an entirely new dad, you know, like you, you, cause it really sounds like you're just a completely different guy. Um, oh yeah. And, and not a lot of people get to do that their life, just become a new. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. It, it's a, awesome blessing that you've got you know they just thing you like you know your head out of your ass for lack of a better word of it and yeah flies in your down the world around you right so what are big plans now going forward you know you got almost a year under your belt i'm sure you're feeling a bit more confident and comfortable your finances are getting up there said you're doing renovations to your shop. Um, you got anything else? So this year I'm wanting to uh, set up more guest spots. Uh, I really wanted to travel more because, you know, I've always told myself I can't because my kids. But now I see 
that I can make this shit happen, you know? So I'm, I'm wanting to get back in to do that. Maybe do, you know, at the minimum, like three guest spots this year. I would like to do that before the end of the year. Also, I really want to do the, I only because I see everyone talking about it, but I really want to do the, uh, the state street convention, the in Bristol, I think it is. Yeah. It's uh, in Bristol. I want to, yeah, yeah. I want to go do that. Um, but that's, I mean, just really just trying to travel, get out there, meet other artists. I've also been trying to get involved more with, uh, I don't know if you know who Zach Dunn is, the oil painter, but he's like a god to me in the painting world. He's got that dark vibe. Everything he does is fantastic. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really trying to, for lack of a better word, like almost be Zach done, you know, like I, I really would like to get my, uh, my art. I don't have a website for my paintings, but, uh, I want to make one. But the reason I haven't is because on his website, you got like 16 pages. You can scroll through a uh, finish, you know, originals, prints, all this stuff. Well, all of my paintings, which is a good problem to have, but they've all sold before I finish them. So I only own maybe four or five of my own paintings. So I got to hustle up and, you know, really crack down and start pumping out some more art this year. So I'm hoping by the end of the year, I can have a full on arsenal to just like, here, dude, I got you originals, prints, whatever you need, you know? So I'm sure you'll do it, man. Do you have last bit of advice for anybody out there? They think that doing something with their everyday life it doesn't even have to be you know coke or partying or alcohol but just they have something right there that is keeping that from the life they should do you have any recommendations for them on how to just get past that thing man just don't think that it's not possible because there there's always a way to to do it you know be optimistic about it you know if if one thing doesn't work out for you, that just means you got to take a step back and reevaluate, you know, shoot at it from a different angle. You know, if, if you're, if you're struggling, you know, and things just aren't working out, maybe, you know, try, try a different routine, maybe put other things in front of what you're, you know, change your priorities a bit because that can be done. 